Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Manson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 98 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my lovable brother, Aaron. You know, I'm waving, we're on a podcast. In honor of Owen Hart, my lovable brother Owen, this is my lovable brother Aaron, Mr. Kyle Army, and Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's Welcome up? to the show, guys. What is going on out there tonight? Careful. Aaron's going to kick your knee out from your knee. <laughs> kick my leg out from my leg. I kicked your leg out from your leg. Um, this week's show, we are going to talk about WWF SummerSlam 1992 from London, England, here in just a moment, and... Much, much more coming up. But right now, before we start the show, normally I do shameless plugs at the beginning of the show. But for this week's show, I wanted to do something special. My son graduated this week, Aaron's nephew. Congratulations. And I want to dedicate this show. This is our only shameless plug for episode 98. The shameless plug for good job class of 2020. The most unique graduating class in American history. And you did it. On quarantine, so congratulations to class of twenty twenty in the United States. Congratulations, class of twenty twenty. Good job. You when I give a shit about Sean, so all you other kids, and <laughs> you guys made it through this, you can make it through anything. That's without right. a doubt. Without a yes, doubt. Yes, absolutely. Because we might not make it through. This. Yeah, we might not make it through this. But. Yeah, you you fuckers best get through this shit because my social security and shit is riding on you motherfuckers. <laughs> That's cute that you actually think that some of us are going to make it to social security. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. you fuckers best be successful or I'm going to be goddamn fancy feast out of a fucking little can. I thought you were going to say you're going to be eating ramen noodles. I'm like, Aaron, you do that now. <laughs> I do that now. Ramen noodles are frightening. <laughs> they are frightening. Okay, let's sell this right now. Why in the world do they ever make a shrimp flavor of ramen noodles? <laughs> Why did they make an oriental flavor, which is yeah. not really known what the flavor is? And what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> right. It means tasty. The oriental ramen noodles is tasty. The oriental they- ramen noodles are white and suspicious looking, Aaron. <laughs> Much like Aaron. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, by suspicious, I mean they're, they're too white looking, if you know what I mean. They don't look right. Oh, I know what you mean. 
Shout out to David Gold for sending me a package of those in a mystery box one time. I'm impressed by all of us. None of us did a Chinese accent. Yes, because we... None of us can be more racist than Mr. about Japan, the Japanese than Mr. Fuji at uh, WrestleMania <laughs> 7. So. Nope. I think, it, what does he say, great Jap warriors or something like that about the uh, the team of Tenru and Katao. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> well, Hogan kind of dropped that at nine. Yeah, says, you're right. He, he did. Says, he says, "I'm going to go beat the Jap or something," and it's like, "What? Wait, really?" <laughs> Poor Yokozuna's sitting there going, "I'm Samoan." Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> but, and Hogan's and like, they, "I'm a real American." I mean, <laughs> I can only they, speak. And they cut up to Todd Pettengill. He's talking to the two Japanese guys. They're like, "Oh, Yokozuna." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, Gigantic cameras. And then they further racist in a King of the Ring when a Japanese cameraman blew fire in Hulk Hogan's face. Like, what? What, happened <laughs> what is here? going on? <laughs> Let's talk about that now. When have you ever seen a, a camera guy get up on the, uh, right. the ring and it's on right. Hulk Hogan? He that wanted. Is- he wanted Dumbassy. an action shot. He needed that close. And, and Hogan you was can't like, come in yeah, late, let me Kyle. show you. Kyle, Look, I'm Hogan. You can't come you in know? late, buddy. You should have showed up for the WrestleMania 9 show. <laughs> I know. What can I say? <laughs> you can't pack it in late, fucker. <laughs> Fair enough. I like Fair that. Fair enough. <laughs> before we, before we get... That's my 2XY's way. Hey, oh, before we get to the uh, before we get to SummerSlam 1992, we were talking briefly before we went on the air about the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, I have not watched it yet. Um, Full disclosure: the show is very well done. And Kyle, you were making a point, and we said, "Well, okay, let's start recording so we can make this point here." Um, we have all heard from time and time again about how you know the what they had him hooked up to. It took you know I think the the thing we've heard is it took oh six pounds of pressure less than what pulls a gun trigger on a gun, and that's all well and fine, and, and it doesn't really sink in until you see the actual hook, mm-hmm. and when you see how much pressure it takes for Martha just to. Yep. Yeah, she and didn't it's like, even touch it. Holy shit. Like, that is what it was? Like, that's... Like, how in the hell did that ever even get past anything? Like, mm-hmm. And it's like she said, I mean, it was it was a company trying to do it on the cheap. And after watching that document, I'm sure... I mean, Aaron probably already agrees with me. Yeah, I know he's the one that hasn't seen it yet. But after watching that show, I... I... I totally understand his family's point that, I mean, WWE, yeah, WWE, just keep, keep his name out of your mouth. Your, Here's your the negligence thing. It's not just WWE. She don't want any wrestler because she doesn't want him to be remembered as a wrestler, which mm-hmm. after hearing what his children and she went through, you know what? Fuck wrestling. It doesn't need to be mentioned with Owen Hart in it because he doesn't just have to be a wrestler. Exactly. And, and see, see, I, I don't want to speak to what was on the, on the um, documentary because I haven't watched it yet, but I've said that for the longest time. Would I love to see Owen Hart get put into the Hall of Fame and and watch like Brett 
whoever go up and accept it. Yeah, that would be cool to see. But from day one of the conversation of him going in, I've always said that if his family, right, not his brother, not his sister, his wife and not kids. who his wife and kids, if they aren't willing to accept it, right. then it shouldn't even be a fucking conversation. Right. And, and do I understand, like, you know, like Brett or whoever saying, oh, yeah, I wish my brother was in the Hall of Fame. I understand that. Okay. And I'm not trying well, we to discount. And I'm not trying to discount anything anybody else thinks about it. But to these people, that's their husband. That's Father. their dad. Yep. yep. And did professional wrestling kill their father? No. Professional wrestling didn't kill Owen Hart. But he died in that situation and he died working for that company. So if they don't want that, then it shouldn't happen. Well, when you watch this documentary, you will realize that that company did kill him. They're negligent. <sighs> Their negligence and being cheap killed him. That's what killed him. Which at that time they were at, they were winning the ratings, so they shouldn't have been cheap. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, at that point in time, Vince McMahon six months be uh, six months later was about to boast about how you know he bought WCW. You know you know you understand what I'm saying, Nate? Yeah. He's a he's he's not that far <clears throat> along from saying I'm a billionaire now. Well, then why the hell did you cheap out? Well, yeah. I mean, less than a year from. When that happened is when they went public right. on the stock market. You know, you know? so yeah, but definitely. Like definitely. I, I told Kyle, they they painted. I know Vince McMahon's an asshole, but they painted him out to be a bigger asshole as well. Maybe it's deserved though, you know, mm-hmm. because he he was pretty damn heartless in regards to it. Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, the documentary itself kind of made me change my change my opinion on. Wanting because I was one of the, I've always been one of those guys that wanted to see and oh, not, we not, all have well, yeah wanted to see Owen in the Hall of Fame but now I totally don't look at Martha as vindictive or uh, you no, know holding anybody I've up. I've never money. thought she was vindictive. Never thought it. I mean, why without so, watching it? Why is she so upset with his wrestling career? And then you come to find out it's because she's tried to make him more of a wrestler. She wants him to be remembered for the good person he was. Right. God bless her. If that's what she wants him to be remembered as, then that's the way he should be and remembered. There's a line she says that she said there's more than enough in this world that has his name on it for him to be remembered by. Exactly. Exactly. His kids. Well, yeah, and then the, the, the Owen Hart Foundation and and you know, I gotta say, I don't think the Martha Hart ever remarried or anything. I think she pretty no. much there's a yeah. tough woman right there. She's a doctor now, mm-hmm. and to raise two kids and take on well, that's the take on that's the beauty of that's the beauty of the found the foundation is that it helps out single mothers like she was, you know. And let's face it, after what happened, she could have went and crawled up into a bowl and died if she wanted to because her husband mm-hmm. loved it to death. But she stayed strong, and she, and then on top of that, during all the the damn lawsuits that she had to do to get any money out of Vince McMahon, the Hart family was actually sitting there fighting her, yeah, and going, "Well, don't make too much trouble because we might want to go get a job back that would that would Vince sometime in the future." Mm-hmm. What? He just <laughs> killed your brother, right? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, I always heard the Hart family was kind of weird. <laughs> the, that documentary brought it more out for me. They're, yeah, they're, they're kind they're, they're like Canadian white trash to me. They're like Canadian hillbillies. Like if you. Slightly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, read 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 Brett's book if you haven't ever read Brett's book. Read Brett's autobiography about Brett's autobiography. Uh, honestly, hey, Brett's autobiography is actually the best wrestling book ever. See, I like I like Foley's first book. I like Foley's first book too, but Brett's is fantastic. Because there, are, man, there are some lines in Foley's first book. Like I tried to fire the mother, but the mother wouldn't fire. Fire. And- oh yeah, yeah. Foley's <laughs> is funnier. Bullies is funnier, but Brett's is a goddamn good book. Just think about think about this with with Stu Hart is that people came to his house and went down the dungeon and they pretty much just had to lay there and let Stu just beat the shit out of them. Right. <laughs> I mean, there, there just was no ifs ands or buts about it. You just well, the like, cats are... let me let me have your hand real quick. They're like, no, well, I don't want you to. While the cats are walking around shitting on the floor, there's a story in Brett's book about how his his mom's making pancakes or something, and one of the cats shits on the floor. She takes the spatula she's making the pancakes with. Oh, that's Stu. Oh, is it Stu? I thought it was Martha. It's not in Brett's book. That's in uh, Dynamite's book, which Dynamite Kid, Brett Hart said the Dynamite Kid's book was bullshit. But Dynamite Kid had a good book, too. But he talked about how Stu was making breakfast. And he was like flipping the eggs, and the cat like climbed up, took a shit, and Stu like flicked the cat shit off of the stove, and then just went back to flipping the eggs. <laughs> and Dynamite's like, "Hey, that's a little off-putting. <laughs> you, you, you're gonna keep." Flipping the eggs with the spatula you just flip the cat shit with, and Stu's like, "Hey, hey, champions here." <laughs> yeah, and Brett was like, oh. and, and then Brett came out and said, "Hey, Dynamite, you shouldn't tell those stories." It's like, well, no, your dad flipped a fucking spatula with cat shit. Maybe he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, and you didn't want to call him out on it because he'd be like, let's go down to the basement and I'll stretch you. Be like, <laughs> I'm just telling you that there's poop on the freaking spatula. Why do you have to keep me up? Damn. And you're a little brain dead. Yeah. Which was funny because when you go back and you listen to like Sean being like, oh, Stu Hart's dead, just walking around. And they cut to him, he's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah, he's standing there with a blank look on his face, like. And see, yeah. I'm the bad one, and that's what Kyle just did. <laughs> I, I would do it, though. I'm not the one that. Nate, we're off I the rails. It, I, that's all right. That's what we do. That's what we do. We usually take an hour, though. <laughs> not my fault. It's not my fault that they, they picked on Forced You Hurt. All right, so this week's topic. Main topic on this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast is SummerSlam 1992. We're talking, oh, it happened August 29th, 1992. Aired August 31st from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Wikipedia says attendance 80,355 disputed. Yeah, and that's my thing. Why do people, when I say people, I mean Dave fucking Meltzer, the goddamn... um, 
caveman warrior looking motherfucker. <laughs> like, why, why does he feel the need and have this hard on for Vince McMahon's attendance figures? Well, they do pump up the attendance, Kyle, because of Aaron, because the night. It aired, I believe they said 92,000 on TV during the pay-per-view. So but either they, way, like, like, well, I mean, like you're Vince trying McMahon to be like, Vince McMahon right now could be like, there were there were five people there. And Dave Meltzer would be like, eh, I don't know. There looked like three. There looked like three. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, Dave Meltzer. You were fucking there. You don't know how many people were there, you piece of shit. <laughs> so one brother hates Kenny Omega and the other brother hates Dave Meltzer. I don't hate Dave Meltzer. I just don't like him. I that like hate. I don't like See, Dave. See my, my thing my my thing about Meltzer, okay? And this is where I will give Wade Keller a little more credit than Dave Meltzer. Even though they're both dirt sheet guys, so they only know what somebody who's probably working them is telling them because they're not in the business. They never have been. But one thing I'll give give Keller over Meltzer is Keller tries to present the news in a somewhat uh, unbiased fashion, whereas Meltzer is just like Meltzer treat Meltzer treats the WWF WWE like CNN treats Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I don't like him, but you can watch CNN and see their agenda. You know, and that's that's how I look at Meltzer. Meltzer has a lot of fake news when it comes to the WWF. Here's my problem with Dave Meltzer. Uh, You're going to sit here and give a five-star rating to the first Hell in a Cell match? It didn't even have a fucking ending. <laughs> yeah. It was and a then non-finish. <laughs> how the fuck is that five stars? <laughs> you want to talk about some non-finishes. <laughs> well, I'll say it. It's, it's, this is WWF show. in 1992. It's so we open up with a great um, pan of the crowd, and Wembley Stadium looked really cool that night. And I remember as a little, as not a little dude, I guess I was a teenager by this point, but I was pretty jacked about this show. I mean, this... I, what I saw from this was apparently fucking British people love horns. <laughs> they fucking love horns. Because that fucking beginning of the show, after... All the people talk. The fucking people are like, like, there's this group, and they're like, burr, 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 and they're playing some horns and shit, and then everybody's like, yeah. Well, you watch soccer. I mean, it's the British Bulldog's gonna win if he whether he wants to or not. And that's the other thing I took from these these fans is that I wish, I, I kind of wish that dogs barking. I kind of wish that I would have been like little Aaron, but living in Britain because apparently in Britain, girls like wrestling. <laughs> Paige is the living proof of that. Because in this opening, there's like some chicks. They're like, oh. Bulldog's gonna win. No, we like Bret Hart. And then there's some there's some good looking chicks, and they're like, we like Shawn Michaels, and be like, I like Shawn Michaels too. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wiener. I'll be your sexy boy, please. <laughs> yeah, please, please just touch my wiener. 
I'll put on some assless chaps. I'll do it. Touch my twigs and berries. Yeah. Because in fucking North End Toledo, there were no chicks watching wrestling. It was just me and Nate. <laughs> but there were guys wearing assless chaps. Yeah. But it was just me and Nate watching wrestling. But over Nate, in Britain, the fucking pretty chicks were watching wrestling. Nate, the oh, thing I, that always bothered me about that opening with that kid that goes to the British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. Mm-hmm. That kid was American. Who the hell took that kid to Britain? <laughs> okay. It wasn't his stupid haircut. <laughs> <laughs> who who took that kid to Britain? Because he was not smart at all. <laughs> Before they started doing it all the fucking time, now with WrestleMania always being in the stadium, there's something special about outdoor shows. Yes. Yes. You don't get to see them very often. And no, this, I don't know. This fucking SummerSlam looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It I love fantastic. The thing I always thought was coolest about, um, about sh- outdoor shows, um, whether it be, or especially stadium shows, whether it be, you know, as you're watching WrestleMania 3 or you're watching SummerSlam 92, it's really cool to watch the show and watch it progress from daylight to dark. Yep. You absolutely. know, and it's just, you know, the, the main well, event part, see, part. It's a blessing and a curse, though. See, at SummerSlam 92, the way the lights dimmed and everything and went as it the, the got from daytime to dusk to pitch black was great. You go back to a couple of WrestleManias ago when they were in an outdoor stadium. Bray Wyatt's making his spooky-looking entrance, but it's still it's sunny daylight. right out. You know? Yeah, yep. and the the so. problem with that was they were in California. If they would have right. been in, if they would have been in MetLife or something like that, right, the timing would have been good. But yeah, you're absolutely right on that. So it depends on where you are when it comes to an outdoor stadium. This so for those show, this show is motherfucking undercover. Nate's favorite fucking show. Why do you say because, that? Because. You you put it on here a couple times, bro. Well, I like this show. I like I like I like I like I like I really like the WWF from 1991 to 1993. It has a special. I know you do, but this 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 particular show is under undercover. Your favorite show. All right. Well, no, my favorite, my favorite, pa- my favorite pay per view. Oh, Canadian Stampede is my favorite pay per view, but this one's definitely top five. Yeah, I mean, and what a hell of a pay per view for it to be because, I mean, you look up and down this. It's, I mean, it's pretty get- butt under down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll say this: it's the it's 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 one of only of its kind. We it's the only other pay-per-view, like in the big four, that have ever been out of the United States. They've never done this again. They need you know? to. Well, I have, I have no. They should. It's pretty butt. <laughs> so, okay, listen. Hold on. Um, for those that are listening to the podcast, which will be um, episode 98, we are recording this live in our Facebook group. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, join it. What are you waiting for? As Aaron would say, or Aaron would say, "What are you fucking, fucking idiot?" For? Yeah. Um, are you a fucking idiot? Yeah. So if we if we comment group. if we comment on anybody's comments, that's what they're doing. They're watching us record this show live. And if you could be comment on somebody's comment, and you could be watching us record it live as well. If you were just a part of the fucking Facebook group, yeah, right. get off your ass. And you Nate, know it's you seconds. know you know it's important when Kyle's dropping an f bomb. Yeah, Nate. 
Come on. Nate, I want a shirt with, with Aaron on the front that says, why aren't you a fucking member? And then when you flip to the front, it's me going, when you flip to the back, it's me going, yeah. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Not only, not only yeah. have the opportunity yeah. to see, uh, you know, have great, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff on there, but also, you know, there's giveaways. Also, Aaron is always doing watch parties. Yep. Yep. We had an awesome watch party the other night where we watched uh, Bash of the Beach 1996. That was successful as fuck. And it, it was because of me. It was. <laughs> and, it was some of you people. It was that was cool. <laughs> we had a giveaway during that watch party, too. We had two of them. Yeah. Yep. Shit's yes, in the sir. mail, bitches. <laughs> All right, so we open up the pay-per-view with a great commentary team, Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brainy, and Vince with his wonderful mm. bouffant, and Bobby being Bobby, man. Yeah, he put on the crown. It was fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know what? There's never... Bobby Heenan is a guy that I've never said anything negative about. Well, what like, could you no, say negative right. about? Well, Bobby I mean, you look, you look up and down wrestling and there's almost for almost everybody almost everybody other than a select few people i can say man i didn't really like that or i didn't like this or i didn't like this you can't say that about heenan bobby heenan bobby heenan is he's a total package top five funniest fucking people that's ever lived it's like it's like bobby heenan rodney dangerfield Bill Burr, George Carlin, and <laughs> Kyle Johnny Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle looked like All he right. was going to hurl his beer bottle at us. <laughs> Sorry. I think Archie just left. Where did Archie go? David Gold commented your, or, uh, complimented your burp, Aaron. He said, good lord, that was a hell of a burp. <laughs> hell of a burp. Sorry, I lost uh... I tried. Kyle put his beer bottle on the screen and it kicked me off the room. <laughs> yeah. What did you do, man? Oh, God. I'm a freaking mess. I looked up and it looked like you were going to chuck it at us. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think I ducked and ran out of the room. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. I, I lost connection there for a minute. This should help a little bit. <laughs> so are you? can you hear everybody? He yeah, looks crisper than he did before. I know. I look... He's not wearing a snuggie anymore. <laughs> so our opening match here at SummerSlam 92 is Money Incorporated versus the Legion of Doom. Have you ever noticed back in the day, everybody, everybody, if they were going to unveil new a new look or new garb. Yeah, DiBiase's fucking white suit was poop. Yes, yes, yep. absolutely. And it wasn't the first time he wore a white suit, but this time he was adorned in gold, and it made it just pop. It, it, it was a pimp suit, without a doubt. But I did not, I did not like LOD's fucking ads. I didn't like it. <clears throat> I didn't like the whole storyline behind LOD. Uh, clean, oh, the ro- clean, the ro- clean LOD is terrible. The Rocco, the Rocco yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, especially the Rocco with your fucking awful. Muppet. Yeah, the, I mean, the, yeah. the Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom is an act that was much better off in the NWA than they were in the WWF. Um, because, and here, here's my reasoning for that. I don't even know that it is. Tom Pruitt says, "What's up, fellas?" And of course, David Gold says, "DiBiase is the goat." Um, 
here's my thing. I don't I don't even know that it's necessarily that they were mis they were misused in WWF. But the thing to me about LOD, if I watched that back then, is you had the WWF was already the land of giants. The WWF already had unbeatable monsters, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in the NWA, these guys were kind of one of a kind. They go into the WWF and they're just kind of two other big guys that are there, you know. And I think that hurt that hurt them going into the WWF because they just couldn't be as unique as they were in the NWA. Well, I mean, they could have been as unique as they were. They could have had them go up against the, you know, maybe had a six-month feud with Demolition and, and actually who was the more powerful of the two teams, but they mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, and, and, you know, I understand what Kyle's saying that, uh, you know, clean LOD, but it wasn't just that they were clean because according to Dark Side of the Ring, Hawk was still kind of messed up during this time. They brought back Paul Ellering for no reason. Like, it wasn't needed at this time. They were already in the WWE without him. And then they brought back the damn puppet, which I didn't even know the puppet existed to begin with. Rocco. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Vince <laughs> being fucking Vince. You know, like, how can we make these guys less cool? Give them a fucking puppet. <laughs> but oh, let, them out, let them ride out on Harleys. Like, okay, so what? No, the, Harleys, the, Harleys, the Harley thing, it fucking, I even put that on here, like, them coming out on Harley's at fucking SummerSlam was cool. No, I know that, but didn't they have a puppet sitting? But on you the put front a stupid fucking goddamn, you know, I puppet mean, on it. And you know, Vince did it because he thought it was funny. He'd be like, ha, 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 look at him, good shit. Give him a fucking puppet, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. Give him a fucking puppet, fucking pal. pal. <laughs> 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 and let's face it, um, if it wasn't for DiBiase and IRS, this match probably would have been a clusterfuck because Hawk was out of it, yeah. and Animal was trying to save it, but he couldn't. So, and um, talking about the finish, like it was a weird finish. Like Animal put DiBiase up for the doomsday device and fucking shyster drop kicked him and then animal hit up fucking power slam and it was like one two three well that's what the dark side of the ring episode shows animal says hawk was too wasted to go to the top rope and deliver the clothesline cleanly I didn't watch that, so. yeah he said that if you if hawk would have done it either he would have hurt himself or dibiase so he told hawk don't go up top we're going to plan a different finish. And he talked to DiBiase secretly and said, just let me power slam me in Vignette. Probably, probably a smart decision. Um, and supposedly it was supposed to be them versus the natural disasters for the world tag team titles. And the match got scraped because Vince realized how drugged out Hawk was leading up mm-hmm. to SummerSlam. Well, and they even alluded to that when, uh, during, um, uh, WrestleMania eight, you know, they had the, they had LOD come out for that interview and that right. was supposed to start. That was supposed to start the trek to the to a, a rematch between LOD and the Natural Disasters. And right, you see where that went. Right. And then we get the goofy Natural Disasters babyface turn, which we'll get to later in the show. But next, we have the Flair interview that has him continuously going. <laughs> um. This or the chicks what? like, are you gonna put it in my butt tonight? <laughs> 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 
So what did you guys think of the whose corner is Mr. Perfect going to be in storyline? It... Um, like, I would say that if it would have <coughs> turned into something, I wouldn't have had a problem with it, but the ending of it was just flat. Mm-hmm. But this in my notes. I'm assuming, and I would assume, and I don't know the truth to the matter, uh, but I would assume that the way that this match went down and the finish the way it did, there were probably politics involved. Oh yeah. I mean, let, let's look. Let's look at all the participating parties. I'm sure there were politics involved. Um, oh yeah. Savage was probably like, hey, this entire fucking show. This entire fucking show. Okay. Is a house show. Good call. Presented as a fucking pay per view. It really is. This entire fucking show is presented as a house show. It, it, not presented as a house show. It is a house show presented as a fucking pay per view. Yeah, well, that house show drew 80,000 people, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just. I, I'm not knocking it. I'm no. just saying this pay-per-view is a pay-per-view. It, it, it's a it's a house show presented as a pay-per-view. It really is. Well, it's, there, it's there's there's set there's eight matches on this show, and like six of them have no finish. It's a fucking house show on pay-per-view. Three of them made no sense being booked. Yeah. I'll be honest. I agree with Aaron. It, it, I wouldn't call it a house show. It I'd agree with me, too. But, um, like, the next match that we have to call, which is Nails versus Virgil, what, what the sense did that make? Nails the didn't even dud. finish. He didn't even finish his feud with the big boss man. Why was he still around? And we now had, he's fighting uh, Virgil? We had... Um... Virgil did an interview, and I wrote down here. I actually lost. I actually had to pay twenty dollars to watch this interview. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I put. But, I put. Sean Mooney interviews cheap ass Virgil. Stupid asshole. I mean, Ver, look, both guys had no damn direction after. So Virgil we, with DiBiase, Virgil. Or, you know, <laughs> we're we're headed we're headed toward. Um, Survivor Series 92 where Boss Man and Nails have their nightstick match. And SBA... users like, what's up, guys? That's SBA. SBA says, what's up, guys? What's up, SB? We are recording episode 98 live on Facebook. So, Nails is headed toward his feud with Boss Man, and I gotta tell you guys, and Aaron knows this because he lived with me, but... 13-year-old me, I thought Nails as a character was cool. I like Nails. Oh, Nails is cool. Um, the only, the only, and, and looking back on it now, looking back on it now, not being a 13-year-old, the only thing that I think is silly about Nails is that he's still wearing his jumpsuit. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. you're right. That's fine, but, too. But my thing is Nails versus Virgil shouldn't be on this fucking show. No, not on SummerSlam. I'll I'll defend this. Guys, is Kyle frozen? No. Oh, okay. you've been stuck just, in that one pose for like no. Two minutes. He's just he's just used <laughs> used to he's just used to doing a show with the two of us blowhards, and he's just like I'm gonna sit back and pick my shots. See, like okay. like so, where fucking nails and Virgil is at 
should have been like fucking Razor Ramon versus like Owen Hart. Listen, something. I'm going to defend this, and I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend the fact that it's Virgil. Okay, I will never defend Virgil being in a match. However, here's what I will defend. Look what I got. I had you that have... autograph. Did he make you do it? <laughs> no, no, I bought it off an eBay. <laughs> you know what's funny? Now about listen, that? Hold, let me let me finish let me finish this real quick, and then we can. Here's why I'm not I, Virgil, whatever. But to me, okay, we've done the angle where nails beat the shit out of Boss Man with the nightstick. So obviously, obviously, we are pushing nails as a top heel against one of our top baby faces. So it is important for him. If Boss Man's playing the injury, it's important for Nails to wrestle someone on this no, pay-per-view no, and beat them decisively. No, uh, this, I, and I've never done this with you, Nate, but I will disagree with you. It would have been important for Nails to attack somebody during this show. And I can see that, too. During a match, he did not need a bona fide match, especially against Virgil. He could have went up against Tito Santana. He could have went up against any other superstar just above Virgil. Because at this time, Boss Man was like right here in between where the Intercontinental title shot might have been. And then you give him Virgil. Yeah, and Nails yeah. just got out of the clink. So how did he get to England? Real, right. real how, did how did he travel? How did he travel? For all you fans. Now, now goddammit, you guys are looking way too deep into pro wrestling. <laughs> look, look, look. For all you fans that are listening to the podcast, Aaron, can you bring up the Virgil character again? The, the action figure. Okay. Fans, look this up. Look this up. Virgil, okay. This motherfucker has a goddamn gold, like, lace, <laughs> like, fucking case. All right? Yep. That's not bad enough. They actually, he actually is just like, hey, man, put a WWE superstar fucking sign, convention sign yep. for me in there. Yep. Get the fuck out of here. What? Yep. Come yep. on. This Nails Virgil match is fucking garbage and should no, not be bad. on the show. It's bad, I agree. Like, I would have, like I said, okay. I would have preferred to see a, like, Razor Ramon, and I'm not even saying, like, Owen Hart, but just Razor Ramon versus anybody. All right. Let's say, let's say match. you have to take, Nails still needs to be a part of this. So who would you have him attack, or who would you have him be in a match with, if not Virgil? I have to pick somebody for Nails to fight? Yes. I would have rather watched Nails fight um, Coco Beware. Crush, Coco Beware, Tito Santana. Yeah, I would have said, I would have preferred to see Coco Beware or Tatanka. And I know that he can't beat Tatanka because Tatanka was going in to his undefeated streak. But See, this is this is it was exactly... a disqualification victory anyway. But is... fucking nails versus Virgil is goddamn garbage. I think that, and I didn't mean to disrespect the name of nails. Coco, beware. <laughs> So next up, we have the sensational Sherry interview. She's torn between two lovers in this storyline. Well, no, actually, before that, you get um, 
Lord Alfred Hayes that's trying to figure out who is um, or who Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect are going to be in the corner of, and he's apparently terrible at his job. <laughs> he always was. <laughs> Especially towards the end. Promotional consideration. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Alfred like, Lord Alfred Hayes is doing a terrible job. Of his ass. Got a stick up his ass. Yeah, he looked like he had a stick. He was pissed off at everybody at any given time. He wasn't a face. He wasn't a heel. He just sat there like, "I hate you, pompous Americans." That's the way he looked. Well, he had to watch Virgil versus Nails. Well, yeah, I, was I was just pissed, pissed off, off too. I was just he had pissed to see, off. He had to see fucking Rocco or whatever. Yeah. And his modern life. Uh, thank you. <laughs> now, Nathan, I have a question for you because I always get confused. Mm-hmm. Rick Martell and Sherry are related, aren't they? No. 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 They're actually not. I heard a long they, time ago they were like third cousins. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think they just share the name. I mean, I would have to look yeah, into they it. We're all third cousins. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to I don't mean to sidetrack off of our, our, our uh, train of thought here, but No, go ahead. Speaking of Rocco's Bottom Life. Do you guys remember that Rocco's Modern Life had an episode where Rocco worked at a sex line? Yes. Yeah. The fuck? There's a lot of that shit. It was like, I've, I've been watching Rocco's Modern Life. Just, I fucking love that shit when I was a kid. And I was like, oh my God. Kyle, his, uh, Kyle, his dog's name was Spunky. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's like one of those jokes that like they throw in there for like the parents for, for the adults. Yeah. yeah. When when my kids were growing up, um, fairly odd parents. They loved fairly odd parents. That show had so many ugly. It, oh, absolutely. I would I would watch it. I I didn't mind watching it with them because I knew the jokes were coming. Right. You know, fairly right. odd parents is a funny show. But, oh yes, yeah. It is. But. When you sit there and you go back and watch, and there's a fucking sign on the wall that says "Be sexy, be friendly." <laughs> it's like <laughs> during the during the Shawn Michaels match, okay, which should have been fantastic. Well, and it was Rick- also it was also going to be another Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty match, but Marty Jannetty, as he always does, got fired. <laughs> <laughs> because that's like, what, oh, cocaine. Real yes. fucking quick, let me tell so, you something about Marty Gennetti. Fucking goddamn. That's have you have you doing. have you seen what he's been doing? Kyle? Yes. Talking Sitter. about twenty year olds. Yeah, being like, oh, she's does she look like she's safe enough to be with? Motherfucker, you're fifty years old. Right. <laughs> like, come on, man. But oh, anyway, man. in this fucking match, when um. Shawn Michaels and Sherry come out. Um, Bobby goes, Oh, I guess Moths ate her outfit. Because her <laughs> ass is out. And Bobby's like, Oh, the Moths. I don't they care if you guys disagree or you're not or what. Sherry was one of the most pretty. I had the biggest crushes on Sherry when I was a kid. I was That'll let her beat me up. I was, yeah, always, I was always the, under the impression. The biggest thing I had wasn't my crush on her. <laughs> it was my wiener. <laughs> God, what were you saying? I was, I was always like, t- 
to me, Shirley's the kind of woman that would like beat you up for bringing home the wrong orange juice. But so, you'd like it anyway. Right. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm right. sorry. Like, I'll, 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 I'll get the some days you'd buy the wrong orange juice on purpose. But, right. Concentrate, oh, no. motherfucker. Concentrate. She's gonna, oh, no. she's gonna knock my dick into the dirt. <laughs> Even the clerk starts to realize. Sir, are you sure? <laughs> Sir, are you sure you want the no pulp? Yes. I yes. am. I am. I want to go on the bruise cruise tonight. Don't fucking ask me. I don't <laughs> she's gonna knock my nuts around. No, but her her, her outfit was stellar at SummerSlam. And she only surpassed it years later when she used to wear those black leather outfits for Harlem Heat. Maybe, maybe you guys will. Maybe Archie, you'll agree with me. I'm sure Nate and Aaron will. But it was always like Liz was the angel. Yes, and and Sherry yes. was the devil, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, without and a I want to stick it in the devil's butt. Speaking <laughs> of this match, I like the concept of like both both participants. Like we're not going to hit each other in the face. I like this Dude. match. This was a this good match. This match was good, but that don't hit him in the face thing kind of hurt a little bit. But it needed to have some kind of a gimmick like that yeah. going into it. Again, like I said, this was this was kind of a last-minute thing because it wasn't what they had planned. And very mm-hmm. rarely back then the WWF do two heels, you know, in a, in a, right. in a situation. Right. So I think adding that to the mix was, was a good thing. And, of course, Sherry and Michaels and Martel, the three of them, could pull anything off. Something you know. funny happened to this too, because um, Bobby was like, "Oh, Martel, he's always good with the ladies," and then Bobby was like, "Shawn Michaels is good with the ladies," and then Vince was like, "What?" and then Bobby's like, "I'm good with the ladies too," <laughs> and then Vince goes, "Yeah, the lady giraffes." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know why it made me laugh. But when Vince is like, yeah, the lady giraffes, it's like, what the fuck is that? My favorite part of the whole match, and it really wasn't part of the match, was when they each try to carry carry Sherry backstage. Yep. And she's faking it, but they keep dropping mm-hmm. her because one keeps hitting the other one, so she keeps getting dropped all over the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> why did they try to do that when Hogan was carrying Liz to the back with Macho? That would have been even funnier. You know, but if you also watch it when they're like halfway down the aisle, legitimately, Pat Patterson trips and falls on his fucking ass. Yes, <laughs> he falls right on his fucking fat ass. Do you know what I? Do you know what? Do you know what I thought when I watched that, Archie? And you brought that up, but what came to my mind when I watched her doing faking, being mm-hmm. faint or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know how close um, Sherry was with Eddie and Vicky Guerrero. Yes, I thought about. I was like, did Eddie when when he did his, um, you know, when he'd do his finish where he wasn't out but he'd pretend to be out or what right. have you? Did he take? Did he get inspiration from Sherry? He might have. He might have. He did because he very much loved her and really looked up to her. Right. So. Um, I'm sure, they got even closer in WCW when they were both I, there. So right. I can I see it. I'm sorry for I, that. I keep like taking this off the beaten path here, but you you guys brought up Pat Patterson falling and tripping. You know what my favorite trip moment like fuck up was? Vince what? McMahon getting in the ring. And oh he, yeah, like, trips on the on the fucking. And he breaks both legs. He breaks both legs for no. No 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 no. no. It's it's. It, I think it's against like Austin or something. He like trips. 
oh, or like stumbles on the rope as he's getting in the ring. And he immediately steps up and looks at everyone like, how dare you fucking boo me? How dare you laugh at me? My favorite accidental fall in wrestling history is Viscera at WrestleMania 2000. Because oh. that fucker hits the ground and spreads, <laughs> man. Like, he just... <laughs> How about the Snow Dragon? They have fucking WrestleMania 20. Yeah, yeah, they had it. Molina (laughs) at the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal when she tries to do her split and falls completely off the apron. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn bad, too. (laughs) Matt Hardy taking a tumble over. Yes. (laughs) That was on NXT, damn. That was even worse. It's like you're a coach. Behave. Yes. So this match, um, like I said, I thought the match was good. Uh, they did w- they did well with what they had to work with. Uh, again, being that they had to kind of do a contingency plan because of the whole Marty Jannetty situation. Um, because originally it was going to be Marty. Okay, so Sean and Marty have a really good match at '93 Royal Rumble. Yep. Where Bobby Heenan has a great line, by the way. I mean, this is getting off the beaten path, but uh, Mar- Sean Michaels throws Marty Jannetty into the turnbuckle post and Marty's shoulder hits the turnbuckle post and Bobby Heenan goes, Ooh, that'll make your shirt fit funny. That's a great line. Um, but then they were supposed to have their rematch at mania, which didn't happen because of Marty. So you have the Tatanka match. Then they're giving him another chance and they're going to give him the match at SummerSlam. And then that doesn't happen. So, I mean, WWF uh, during 93 all, had to do all kind of contingency plans because Marty Jannetty couldn't stay straight. And it makes straight. you wonder why the hell they kept rehiring Marty Jannetty back. Mm-hmm. Well, because every time that Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels got in the ring, they tore it up. Right. Right, but was this a personal favor to Shawn? Like, was Vince it probably Sean, hey, was. hey, will you vouch for him? Yeah, I'll vouch for him, Vince. Because the way Marty it makes it sound is like it was always Shawn that got him fired. Right. Well, and, and Marty's Marty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was I mean. also. I think it was probably also Vince McMahon. You know how he is when it comes to an idea. He's like, "God damn it, we left money on the table with that." Like, we we're gonna do it. We're gonna do this. God damn it! You know? So our next match is a WWF tag team title match. I do not, and even back then, I did not like the Natural Disasters as a babyface team. Smiling Natural Disasters sicken me. How in the hell can you call a natural disaster a baby face? Right. <laughs> Even on my like, note, it says, my notes say happy natural disasters are fucking lame. Oh, no. Here comes a typhoon. <laughs> here comes an earthquake. Yay. 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 <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, you just got hit by a tornado in the middle of nowhere. How do you feel? I'm jolly right now. I'm Thanks. jolly. I want to buy his t-shirt. <laughs> those, <laughs> all these those, Asians are dead. I'm going to go get a finger. <laughs> those, those big fellas said it's okay. Um, yeah. You just wiped out millions of Asians. <laughs> now, that, be, that being said, that being just, said, wait, on, the wait, fu- on the Fukushima episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, um, that being said, natural disasters have what I think is a good tag match with the Beverly Brothers here. This fucking I, match is boring as shit. It's really? I like this match. Hold on. Hold on. Sucks I just balls. want to say something. I hate, balls. I hate and detest the Beverly Brothers with every oh. fiber of my being. This is t- this is the time where Aaron and Archie get to fight. 
I hate. He's looking at my bumble right now. Like he's looking directly at. I'm me. not looking at your bumble. <laughs> his turn, his fucking face gross. Turned me, you turned at me and looked at me like that. <laughs> Goddamn, Mike Enos. Mike Enos is fantastic, sir. No, 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 no. Mike Enos is fine. Wayne Bloom is fine. The Beverly Brothers sucked ass. They were from Shaker Heights, Ohio, sir. I don't care. And I'm an Ohio person. <laughs> I don't care where they were from. Anything that had to do with the genius and those stupid outfits they were wearing and their music was bad. Their music was fantastic. Bullshit. <laughs> the Beverly Brothers are the Beverly Brothers are cool as fuck. I first saw Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom in GWF. As their real names. They were there, I think, for a couple of weeks, a month, something like that. They were, they were also in the AWA. As the Wrecking the Crew. AWA as well. And the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking they, Crew was cool. And the they, Beverly Brothers are cool. They popped in WWE, WWF, and here comes the genius, and I hate the genius. What a bloody passion. Mainly because of what he did recently. With Why do I hate the genius? Because he almost tried to stop Macho Man from going into the Hall of Fame. Because if he wasn't going to be the one to induct them, nobody else should. Well, that was like 20 years after he was the genius. <laughs> well, still. I'm talking right now, 1992. Was the a- genius was cool. Yeah, it was a shoot. He tried to be Mr. Perfect's manager. It sucked. They had to give Bobby. He did a backflip. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect hit a hole in one, and then genius did a backflip, and it was fucking <clears> fantastic. No. I hate the Beverly Brothers, and I hate the genius. They'll never change my mind. Hey, Archie. Mm. The genius. The genius character did result in one of the funniest lines Jesse Ventura ever said. Which was? Mr. Perfect's walking to the ring, and the genius is walking behind him. And Gorilla Monsoon says something about the genius with Mr. Perfect, and Jesse Ventura on WWF-TV says, I don't know about you, but Gorilla, but I wouldn't... (laughs) I wouldn't want the genius walking behind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why That's Ventura it. was one of the goats. <laughs> that, I that can't is, lie. That, that, that is a great line for kid-friendly. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that is Saturday a great morning. line for kid-friendly WWF TV. That's Welcome great. to Saturday morning. He's going to put the D in the B. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Maxson made a, uh, a, a suggestive. Uh, yeah, you can't see it if you're listening to the yeah, podcast. Yeah. So you need to join the Facebook group if you want to see those kind of things. <laughs> I did, I made an okay sign. No, don't you fucking tell them. My pointer finger and placed it in the middle of the pointer finger and thumb as to simulate butt sex. <laughs> we need to talk later. You can't give the goods away for free like that. So next on this pay-per-view... If we're going to make gentlemen, our- if you have not joined the Facebook group, join it so you can see us live with Aaron simulating butt sex. Butt sex. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag booty beef, hashtag butt stuff. All right. <laughs> Next, we have the battle of demolition. No, no, we do not. Well, I'm trying to fast forward. I'm trying to fast forward through this because you want to be done in like a half an hour. Okay. Well. What we have next is me and Gene interviewing the Bushwhackers, and the Ooh. Bushwhackers are funny as fuck. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The Bushwhackers, and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, Bushwhackers is a stupid gimmick. No. 
No, these they guys, were, were fine. Butch they, and they, Luke are funny as fuck. What, what else when do I want to say? When I was a kid, the Bushwhackers were my favorite fucking team. Hey, guys. Where are they going to be? Yes. Hey, guys. A legend has commented on our uh, stream here. Mr. Rocky Turner says, what's up, What's viewers? up, Rocky what's Turner? Up, viewers? Rocky. What's up, Rocky? What's up, half-breed? <laughs> you racist motherfucker. Sounds like a great wrestling gimmick, the half-breed. Rocky says Luke is coming live. He, he likes the Bushwhackers, too, right there, baby. Mm-hmm. I remember um, being a kid watching the Royal Rumbles and being like, maybe Butcher Luke's going to win it. <laughs> Not when they spend four seconds in the ring. Nope. Now, see, Never going to see that. I have no problem with the Bushwhackers because what else were they going to be? Well, and not to mention, let's be honest. All right. Here's where I have mad respect for the Bushwhackers. Okay. They were the sheep herders. They right. wrestled. They wrestled through every territory in the country, every territory in the world. Killed they bled some fighters. They, yes, they bled buckets of blood. They made tons of money. They went. Who can blame them for Vince McMahon saying, "Hey guys, you want to come to the WWF and, and wrestle and be, and be act wholesome? foolish? Yes, and right. be wholesome. And and every match you have is going to be easy. You know, oh, compared yeah. to what you've done. Compared to what you've like, done. Hey, hey. Do you want to keep cutting your head open every single goddamn? Or do you week? want to lick women and children every? Match? Or do you want? Yeah. Or do you want to? Do you want to lick, lick some kids and right. hang out with the fabulous Rujo brothers? Matter of fact, Archie will get Archie will get a kick out of this. I mean, Aaron Nagy as well too. The very first, the very first Hasbro <clears throat> action figures I ever got was the Bushwhackers. Oh God, those were the the <laughs> very first. Like that was. Oh no! I killed so many Lucan butches. Oh no, mm-hmm. guys! I've killed so many. Oh Lucan yeah, butches. yeah. There hey, they are. hey, those are minty. Yes. Hey guys, David Gold yeah. says he came for the butt, for the butt sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. Goldie, David. Oh my goodness, David! How could you drag us further into the sewer? Right. <clears throat> I mean, You're supposed that, to take us out, David. This is a classy show, David. Come in the front, stay in the back. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sex mullet. (laughs) It's a sex thing. Kyle, have you ever seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes. The the married couple, the guy sitting at the bar, he's like, how could someone have put a playground next to something that smells like a sewer? It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) You made me think of that scene just now when you said come to the front, go in the back. All right, so what's the next match? You now we move along to the Battle of Repo Demolition. Repo Man versus Crush. This is not Demolition. This is repackaged garbage. This is no, Smash and Crush. And it's Barry Darso. Anything anything Barry Darso I like. I am partial to him. I even like the Repo Man character. I love yeah, the Repo pe- Man character. People that say Repo Man sucks are fucking idiots. No, I have no problem with Repo Man. I had a problem with Mr. Hole-in-One. And the black yeah, that was lady. that was bad. But he was still a good wrestler. Wrestling yeah. under Mr. a shitty Mr. gimmick. Hole in one. It goes yeah. with the the booty beef butt sex stuff. Yes, he does. I have, I do have a problem, however, with this version of Crush. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I you do. Remember, Nate, if I like Crush. I you during WrestleMania Nine when we did the watch party, if Crush was really from Hawaii or not, and you said he is, and I was actually yeah. shocked because. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he really was from there. And see, when when Nate and I were kids, 
we um, had our uh, had Thank our you, pretend, had our pretend WWF. You know, like we would pretend we were bookers and we'd have our little wrestling shows and shit. And Nate, who is usually my Intercontinental Champion, it was Crush. Fucking Crush. Brian Adams. Brian Adams is cool as fuck. I like the guy to have three Hasbro's in three I, different with three different gimmicks. I like Crush Demolition. Um, I like I Crush. Like crush. I like I like heel Crush against. I like Tony Crush. I Tony Crush had like badass music. <laughs> I like I like Brian Adams as the Kiss Demon for that one week that he was the Kiss Demon. Oh Lord, have mercy! Oh, turn yourself off. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have the uh, the WWF Championship match. We talked about it earlier with the Ric Flair. Um, Whose who's, uh, corner is Mr. Perfect going to be in? I, I said I would allude to it. This match was not as good as their Mania 7 match, obviously. It was a decent what match. Is? What but, is? But Sa- Savage, Savage always had got the best matches out of Warrior. Yes. Um, Vince McMahon in this match... Um, Savage hits an inverted atomic drop, and Vince McMahon goes, Ugh. inverted <laughs> pile drive. <laughs> number one, number one, it's the wrong move. Number right. two, it's the wrong name. Right. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan shuts the fuck up. Right. It's like the only time. In Heenan? the history of Bobby Heenan, no. Bobby Heenan's he- like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not saving you this time. You fucked I'm up. I'm not saying fault. anything because this guy's paying the bills. No, he knew he there was no saving What was he going to say? It's an atomic drop? I mean, what would, he was like, fuck you, you're, you're stuck. Fix it. <laughs> Reverse pile drive. <laughs> Like you know, if any other commentator like, would have like said that, like while Vince Bobby like, was sitting yeah. next to them, he would have he would have destroyed them. He would have been like, nope. that is not a pile driver. <laughs> he would have been, like, been like, boss, I did ain't you just, saying shit. Yeah, he would have been like, did you just have a minor stroke? What's right. Yeah, what Bobby Heenan would have fucking destroyed that guy. But Bobby <laughs> was like, nope. <clears throat> My problem with this match, though, is the uh, the non-finish. You had a great match with Sean and Martell, which had a count out, a double count out. And now you have this match with the count out. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I know they couldn't have put Mr. Perfect with either one of them because Warrior was looking to turn heel and Savage was fresh off of Miss Elizabeth coming back. But, like you said, Nate, there was definitely a lot of politics here where Warrior was probably like, well, I beat, I, I got to beat him again because I beat him at Mania. And Savage was probably, no, I already put him over once. Then can we can we not skirt past the issue that <clears throat> the Ultimate Warrior picked an outfit that made him look completely naked? <laughs> he sort of looked like Giant Gonzalez's evil twin brother. <laughs> like, put some ass hair on there, Warrior. Yeah. He looked I mean, like Giant Gonzalez on Manscaped. You know what he looked like? He looked like the Inside Out Man. <laughs> yeah, the guy that used to come on PBS. Yes. Yeah, where he tried to say, hey, look at my kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking grotesque as fuck. <laughs> I'm going to give you nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this was obviously. I didn't pay for this. Set up, they obviously were looking to set up 
warrior and savage teaming together. Mm-hmm. But, you want to know what an inverted nipple looks like? <laughs> Why SummerSlam 92? <laughs> How about you want to learn what an inverted power driver is? Hey, I want to take a break because I have to pee and I want a cigarette. I want a cigarette too. Um, So, Aaron, I guess because you're determining the time here, are we going to have time to do Kevin Smith's talk? It's only one. Okay. As long as we're done by one, I don't give a book. Okay, cool. We only got a couple more matches. Well, we'll take a break. I'll put up the "We're taking a break" banner, and uh, thank you guys. By one, bitches. Thank you guys that are joining us, recording a live edition of the. uh, You're you're watching the behind the scenes where everybody's going to go pee and smoke right now. Yeah. So not on camera though. We promise you. Yes. And look at that smoke on camera. That costs extra. If you guys want me to pee. So the next match at SummerSlam 1992. Is a real stinker. This is a time frame, and, and I said earlier in the show how I love 91 to 93 WWF. However, I really feel really bad for The Undertaker when I watch this time frame because they just threw every... every and, and I'm a fan of Kamala, early Kamala, like world-class Kamala, right. um, 87 WWF Kamala, but this Kamala, he was well into not giving a shit. And so, this Kamala got Undertaker over. I, I mean, I was guess you could blue? say that. He got over the casket the casket thing, but... Was it the he disqualification? Got, he, got, he got the the Undertaker gimmick more so than Jake Roberts did because his feud... Before this was Jake Roberts, correct? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Kamala got face Undertaker over more than Okay, anybody. I'll agree. I'll agree because, with you there. Because when this guy showed up, Jake Roberts was like, whatever. Well, yeah. But when Undertaker showed up, Kamala was like, <laughs> and it was freaking the fuck out, man. That was good. That was a good impression. I can't lie. It sounded just like him when he won that out. Yeah. Kamala was the shit. And fucking Sugar Bear Harris got goddamn Undertaker over as he's fucking terrifying. Like, fucking terrifying. Why do you know? You can't. Why is it that every fat black guy is called Sugar Bear? (laughs) Because why not? They want to be. Cool and Just cuddly. like I don't every know. every girl under five foot is like I'm shorty. Like you can't be fucking shorty. They're okay, well, <laughs> well, fine, fine. Every fat black guy is sugar bear. You two are fucking pepper bear. <laughs> I'm gold crisp. What I am? Why do I got to be pepper bear? <laughs> I was happy being the QP the QP burger guy. You guys look like that. white kamala. <laughs> I'm the big boy. White Kamala. <laughs> well, then you look like White Slick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will take that. He's I'm the white. Grab my goddamn phone right now and play Jive Soul, bro. He's the white. <laughs> like a motherfucker. He's the white you soul, got, bro. The white soul, bro. bro. <laughs> and you're always talking to Stan. 
<laughs> Stan? <laughs> Christ. But do you see what the point I was making about at this time? Like, they just threw every... Every Here's, guy that could possibly have a shitty match at Taker. I mean, well, they, like, threw, what a they test. were, trying to, they were this, trying to throw monsters at him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is the problem, is that, like, they, it was the Hulk Hogan thing, where it's like, we gotta have a monster heel right. go against Undertaker. It's like, but see, I've never been a big fan of matches like that. Like, I don't want to see Undertaker versus Kamala. Like, I, if I'm gonna see a right. match, I want to see, like, Shawn Michaels versus Kamala. <clears throat> I want to love fucking Undertaker versus fucking Kamala. It's fun shit, man. But the problem it, is, though, there's not much story you can tell. You can here, here's, tell. here's what I'll say. I don't mean to cut you off, Kyle. But I understand what Aaron's saying, kind of, in the, with the way the Undertaker character was, with the big heel. The, the, leading up to it, it was always fun. But the poor guy had to get, get in the ring with these guys eventually, well, and here, I won't. I'm not going to frost it here. This is the second pay per view in a row where the Undertaker had to get a disqualification victory over his opponent because for some reason the WWE didn't buy into that he could beat these guys. Right. Yeah. Like you know, not- Giant Gonzalez. Okay, he was eight foot. He was a monster. But you mean tell me the Undertaker couldn't have hit one choke slam and beat him? Right. Well, yeah, and that's a, that's a fair point because you, know? you, you threw the heels at Hogan and Hogan beat him. Right, you threw the heels at Taker, and then you give him right. these these. It wasn't until like the late nineties that they finally decided, oh, he could beat guys like Mark Henry and. Okay, Mayer. well, I agree and, with you, Pepper. You know, well, thank you. To, to me, thank you. I, you know, I'm going to call you quick. You're not slick. I, you're the, you're the I, white. You're, right. I'm going to call you quick. <laughs> <laughs> so did a couple of my girlfriends, but that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> There is no messing with, with with Aaron, guys. If you try to go back and forth with Aaron, he's always going to make you laugh at me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> see, I don't, like I said, they, they always try to make Undertaker feel like he was at, in danger. But it wasn't until Mankind came along right, that mm-hmm. you like truly felt like, holy fuck, right. this and guy's Mankind got wasn't a 400-pound monster exactly, from Uganda. He exactly. was a normal guy out of the boiler room, you know? Yeah. You know, they let him have a good body having Sean. A body have guy from you know, fucking goddamn Hoboken. <laughs> you know, they, they let him have a good match with Sean and Bad Blood after that. They let him have. All right, look, Kane, in my opinion, is the only monster that actually had great matches with the Undertaker. the the feud The feud with Taker or the feud with Mankind and Taker was the first time that they really let. Well, at that and that they really let Taker. Uh, show his ability, right? You know, and and show his range as a performer. Right. Yeah, but what what I'm sorry. Go ahead, speak. What I'm trying to say with the Kamala thing is that Kamala versus the Undertaker on paper is fucking terrible, and I'm not saying it's not. Okay, and I'm not saying that this match is on the level of Taker versus Mankind or Taker versus Shawn Michaels. What I'm saying is that this match and this feud was 
the first feud to where somebody looked at the Undertaker character and was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, he's the Undertaker. You know what I mean? No, this, you, what you're saying is, is Kamala's storytelling was able to get the Undertaker yes. over better than like, anybody, and like, I agree with you. Like I agree with I'm, you. I'm saying, the guy that played Taker, or not, not the guy that played Taker. Sorry, the guy that played Kamala sure, doesn't man. get enough credit for just being like. No, you're you're right. You're right. And I'll be honest. See, the thing of it is, even without the like Kamala in other matches. Actually, it has great storytelling from his facial expressions and the way he hit his stomach and the way he screamed. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like when the Undertaker showed up, Kamala, Kamala for years was like, I'm the Ugandan savage. Nobody can beat me. But then all of a sudden, the fucking Undertaker shows up and he's just like, nope. I don't want nothing to do with that. Like, like I'm eating people. <laughs> He's like, I've been eating people and shit. Like, like <laughs> I've just been eating fucking bones and shit. But this guy, he's fucked up. I don't want nothing to do with him. And he's like, no! And running away. It's fucking fantastic. It would have been funny if he would have broke character and been just plain English. I ain't fucking with that guy. Get out of my face. I'm Fuck out. that. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. No! Oh, Fuck he's, that. He's like, no! <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes comes over with my Kamala. How are you feeling? Fucked up. Leave me alone. Yeah, this guy. He's how now, up. brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> it's, not racist. Uh, it's not racist. <laughs> it's racist because you said it was racist. Mm-hmm. See, That's now, racist, like right, Kamala. My only problem. With <laughs> <laughs> my only problem with this match. It's Kamalo. the third match on the on the card that has been again on a stupid finish. That's now a disqualification victory. Every single one of these fucking matches is a stupid finish. No, it's not. No, there's three. It's three total. Double count out, count out disqualification. Our main event does not have a stupid finish. It doesn't. Every one of them except Brett and Davey. Is a fuck finish. No, it's not. Nails, nails, and Virgil was clearly a squash. Oh, great! Yeah, that's the match to lean on, Nate. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. leaning. Disaster, disaster, disasters, disasters in Beverly's had a clear, clear finish that put the disasters over. Uh, Crush got over on Repo Man, which did its job. So, I mean, you know, I mean, keep shitting, but there's, there's parts here that can't be shit on. Nate, so let's who's, move. Whose idea do you think it was to, okay, we're doing Undertaker and Kamala in between that and, and British Bulldog and Brett. Let's mm-hmm. put the Tonka versus the Berserker. Because that was a dark <laughs> match. Yes. Like, who, you know what? Like, you know. Papa Shango and Tito Santana is a fucking dark match on this show, too. Oh, uh, there's three. Yeah. And, uh, why? And, why? The why the and fuck? Why the fuck? The no. No, why the fuck do Papa Shango and Tito Santana keep put, getting put on dark matches? I think this thing would have been fantastic. <laughs> this well, is Papa, what I don't Papa understand. Like, I read all these great shows, and they're like, oh, yeah, there was this great show, and fucking Papa Shango and Tito <laughs> Santana was the dark match. Papa Shango, because he fucked up the end of WrestleMania. I can put him on this show. 
It but, was probably good. I guarantee it was no. better than Big Fan Nails versus fucking Virgil. years later, this is what they're Calm your head, they're doing. Nate. Fuck they're doing fuck finishes on Monday Night Raw, and it's the best goddamn thing in the world, and it changes the fucking wrestling thing. So I don't want yep. to hear about, like, oh, it's fuck finishes. That's seven years later. I guarantee, I guarantee Papa Shango versus Tito Santana was better than fucking Nails versus Virgil. But so in no- the scheme of doing a wrestling show, at this point, whether you can criticize it or not, and I will say I like the Papa Shango character, and I think it didn't get enough um, of a push as, oh, as it should it have. So, in the scheme of things, if I'm telling this story, and if I'm if I'm looking at this pay per view from a logical professional wrestling booking standpoint, at this point, I have moved past Papa Shango as a heel. I am trying to build nails as a heel to go against a big baby face, which is the big boss man. Why would I not have Nails come on this pay-per-view and have an effective victory well, to Nails put him over? Nails should have beaten up Tito or Papa Shango. I, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely not disagreeing with the... Can you imagine the, that match? The, Papa yes. Nails? <laughs> I'm thinking about Nails beating up Papa Shango. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your voodoo, Papa Shango. <laughs> but no, do you guys see my point? No, I, I understand. Like, yes. at this point, Nails okay, needs to be... Nails beat up Tito Santana. And oh, that's fine. No, I'm not disagreeing with the opponent for Nails. But what I'm saying is Nails... If if I'm telling this story, Boss Man's out on an injury. By logical standpoint, if I'm a, if I'm a logical, smart wrestling booker, I want to put this monster heel on this pay-per-view with an effective victory, a decisive <laughs> Over a baby face. I I would have rather him beat Dwayne (laughs) Gill at SummerSlam night. Virgil is not an effective No one in this conversation is debating fucking Virgil. (laughs) No one in this conversation is debating Virgil. Let me bring up (laughs) God damn it. So hang on. Go ahead. So we're talking about the fact that like most of the matches on this show were butt. And I and I can understand that and I can agree with that. They weren't! But this show is pretty butt. Is is now the problem on every single pay-per-view that we have fucking main event caliber matches every fucking match? Yes. So the main event doesn't feel special anymore. Um, Exactly. I will agree with you. You are right about that. There are too many main event caliber matches. And there's too much 50-50 booking. But if every single match on this card had been the level of, of Bulldog versus Bret Hart, it wouldn't have meant a goddamn thing when we got there. Well, no, because back then... Uh, okay, well, but we started with fucking Virgil. Back then, in 1992, we only had four pay-per-views, so had it been every match as a main event, we would have appreciated it more, because we had four more months to now go to the Survivor Series. And this is true. But so. I mean, you gotta think though. Uh, here's the thing: like they were, uh, you gotta say the Vince they were trying with Virgil. We know, we know now that it was. <laughs> they were trying. Was a horrible fucking <laughs> look, idea. I'm gonna look at it. We know in scenario. hindsight that nails was a horrible fucking idea. That like what that he no nails nails the fuck out of Vince. Nails is what it nails is. was a good nails. idea, but they couldn't finish it because he went off. R- but but nails is a fantastic though. idea. 
until he tried to rape Vince. Right. <laughs> see, this is my problem. This is where I see which Vince, which Nails tried to say Vince tried to rape him. I think Vince. I think Nails tried to rape Vince. <laughs> but this is this is my real problem with Virgil being on the show. I feel that it was done as a thank you or a favor to Ted DiBiase because Virgil went with Ted DiBiase everywhere. And it probably was. You know what I mean? So it was, hey, this could you book, is my problem with Virgil, Virgil being on yeah, the show. You know, you know my problem with Virgil being, being on the show is? hanger on of Hulk Hogan. I mean, that's right. the way it is. You know? Well, again, you I would have rather Nails beating the shit out of Brutus Farm Beefcake. Oh, I wish anybody would beat the shit out of Brutus <laughs> His wife But you know what my problem with Virgil being on the show is? Virgil being on the show. It was too legit to quit. Virgil's All garbage. All I know is Virgil got a SummerSlam payday, so what can you say? I mean, right. good for him. Meat sauce. He got his meat sauce money. <laughs> he, got, he got it, so. He got it for Monopoly money. Enough, enough of the undercard. Let's get to the meat and the potatoes of this show. And I have nothing to say about this other than this is one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. The storytelling from beginning to end is amazing. Yes. So were you talking about Nails and Virgil or Brett no, and Bulldog? No, Brett and Bulldog. Um, this is one of my favorite matches ever and might be where Aaron made his point that I'm partial to this show. This match is great. Brett... Apparently, I mean, if you listen to all accounts, all Brett's accounts of what happened during this time period, Bulldog was on the cocaine. Yes, this is this is a match that is no more testament to the amazing ability of Bret Hart than any other match he was ever in. He pulled a cocaine addicted, fucked up Davy Boy Smith to one of the greatest main events in WWF history. Or did he, the cocaine he, help for the British Bulldog pull off such a great... <laughs> Whether you know he wanted to or not. <laughs> Here's no. the thing. We have, to, we have to appreciate the fact that, that Vince McMahon and all them... Did, it kept the realized, match going. Right. Realized yeah. that, that Brett and Bulldog could end the show. Mm-hmm. Like, think about right. that. Like, instead of the main event being the world title, <clears throat> they allow this to be the main event. Yes. And it was, I mean, I don't know if anybody here can disagree. I know we've, we've debated a lot during this show, but I don't know that anybody here can disagree how good this match was and how good this main event was, how good the build was, and what a smart decision it was if you're going to do a stadium show in Wembley to have this match on top of the card. Not only do you have, not only was the build great, but the follow-up was amazing. To have Brett sit there and be like, I'm not going to shake your hand. I, and I then. See- and then finally at the end, you know, but to add those little little bits of pieces in there that they don't do anymore these days. Mm-hmm. What I loved about this match was that it was not heel versus face. It was two faces. The storytelling leading up to it with the confliction of the family, Diana Hartsmith trying to be there for her brother, but yet it's my husband. What am I supposed to do? Um, it was a pretty big change to when Diana came back during the Shawn Michaels feud and, and tried to act, actually. <laughs> yeah, wait, but um, no, hold on. Something that is really funny out of that, Archie, mm-hmm. he, I, I love that you brought it up. Because something that always makes me laugh every time I watch it is Diana mm-hmm. Hart going, Shawn, 
I know you want me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so hey, stupid. And, and, and can, you're I, looking, can I say something? Hold on. Guys. Hold on. No, hold, hold on. Because on, on, you're on. looking at this unattractive woman going, nobody wants you, but... <laughs> no, hey, hold on. I, I skipped something. Or we okay. skipped something. Go ahead. Yeah. Before the Bret Hart... Piper with the... Pack Piper yeah, with the Bobby bagpipe. Heenan says some funny shit, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so fuck off. I'm going to say some fucking Bobby Heenan shit. Finkel announces the fucking goddamn Highlanders. And and the minute Fink's like, oh, here's the Highlanders. Bobby's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I love hard rock. <laughs> And then he goes, it sounds like somebody's killing a cat. And then he goes, oh, look at all these men in skirts playing vacuum cleaners. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, look at their hair. They have fantastic hair. If they're wearing the the big fucking hats. (laughs) We need to give Aaron a segment called Heenan Says. And, just and, then, and then, and then, as they're as they're playing, Finkel's like, and now introducing Roddy Roddy Piper, and Piper comes out, and Bobby's like, oh, is he gonna break dance? <laughs> and Vince is like, what? And he goes, Piper, is he gonna break dance? Because there's no way he would play music with these vacuum cleaners. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Real quick, with with uh, with Bobby Heenan and Ronnie Piper, there, there's a moment at Halloween Havoc 96 when Piper comes into WCW and you first hear those bagpipes. Bobby Heenan has the, the, the best reaction. He's just like, oh no. <laughs> Not this guy. Heenan, yeah, he's like, Heenan, oh no. It's in a Heenan way. Oh no. It's like you yep. know he's dreading it. <laughs> yep, he's like, oh shit. And they bring out Diana after it. Like, why wouldn't they bring Diana Hart out? It's like she's the only one that doesn't look like a fucking goddamn what? Broke down fisherman. <laughs> Come on now, Natalia. Natalia's. Ten times well, she's not a daughter. I'm talking about the daughters of Stu and Helen. Mm. Diana Hart is the only one that you'd want to like stick it in. The no. other ones look like fucking fishermen. In my opinion, <laughs> Diana looked like a foot. <laughs> no, like Diana Hart, I I, no. I think about it. No. I think about Diana Hart. But like Ellie and Georgia and all the other ones, they look like fucking fishermen. Like, 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 like sunken eyes and shit. One of the highlights of my night is Aaron trying to defend Diana and Archie just going, no. No. <laughs> no. Poor Helen. I love, I love I this love, show. I love you're, her. you're sitting I love in her, a fucking white room. You would do her. I'm in my living room. <laughs> Okay, I'm just saying, Diana Hart... And that's I, gray. It's not white. It's the way the lights hit them. Uh, Diana Hart, I think about it. No. <laughs> but, but, no. Like the <laughs> other Hart daughters? I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't like any of the Hart daughters. I'm not thinking about any of them. 
Miss Elizabeth? Do, I mean, like rabbits do. Miss Elizabeth, Sherry. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'll give you one better. I would have rather have looked at Sapphire in that way. Dusty Rhodes' former manager in the WWF than I would Diana Hart Smith. Right. Well, Diana's Hart Smith, I think about it. Thank you. You know what, Archer? I'm glad that you fucking brought up Sapphire because it brings me. I, I, <laughs> Nate, what are you laughing about? He's laughing at my ADD. I'm, I'm, no, I'm laughing at two things. I'm la- <laughs> I'm laughing at the fact that this is the first time anybody ever said, I'm glad you brought up Sapphire. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, you guys were debating (laughs) Diana Smith and Aaron ripped a big fart. (laughs) That big fart. (laughs) I was like, like Diana Fart Smith. (laughs) So juvenile. Anyway. The fact is, the fact is that for the longest time we've always heard that Dusty Rhodes okay, well, I'm just saying, are any of you or any of you Aaron, you just totally cut Kyle off. Kyle, go ahead. I have to hear this because I think I know what you're going to say. Alright, thank you. If everyone says that the polka dots was a fucking rib on Dusty. You know who else had fucking polka dots? Randy Rhodes of fucking Ozzy Osbourne on his fucking guitar. So don't sit here and tell me that the polka dots were a fucking rib. If Dusty didn't want to wear that shit, he wouldn't have wore it. No, it Dusty yeah. Rhodes. He would have Dusty. told the man to kiss his ass and went back to the end of the I, I guarantee, so I, I guarantee you, I, gu- I guarantee you, the conversation beto- between those two intelligent wrestling businessmen was Dusty polka dots will make you money, and Dusty going, "Let's make some money. Let's baby. make some money, Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you know what? If you leave Dusty to his own devices, he's going to put a fucking chicken claw on his goddamn cowboy hat. Right. <laughs> and wear a mask and call himself the Midnight Rider. That's exactly. right. So it's Sometimes, not like him do weird stuff, you know. But anyways, going back to... <laughs> and oh, all the heart chicks other than Diana look like Stu. <laughs> well, that's so, it for and not even good Stu. Not like big so, Stu. I'm talking moving, like... Ran over the road, moving, <laughs> moving back to the yes. match. They had a great match. They had they a technical did. war. I don't have a lot. <clears throat> I don't have a lot on it, other than again, it's it's one of my favorite matches ever. I think there's high drama. The finish is great. I, yeah, I was just. About, I think it ended perfectly with that. The way Bulldog rolled him up, mm-hmm. it was like you don't want to see a finisher here. You don't want to see a submission or a power. And I didn't blow ass. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we we could never do justice to this main event, so go watch it. Yes, definitely go watch it's, it. it. It's one of the great. The reason I love this finish is because I love finishes in wrestling that don't in any possible way look choreographed. Right, they come out this, of nowhere. Yes, this looked like these two guys had a contest, and Bulldog caught the fall, catching Brett by surprise, and Brett Brett jumping up afterwards and slapping the the, the mat, and going fuck. Yes, plays to that because you really feel like maybe Brett didn't want to put him over mm-hmm. because maybe and, he was high or he was pissed or whatever, you know. Okay, well, and and the finish is fantastic. Um, Brett does say that he stole it, but he stole it from a match that he was in, and he said he stole it from a match that he, that he yeah, sorry, that he had with Leo Burke in 
Canada, which mm-hmm. nobody saw except right. the fucking hatchet headed Hart family. <laughs> <laughs> the two daughters. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, Hatchet-Headed Heart Daughters. Um, I said Hatchet-Hearted Family. Hatchet, hatchet, hatchet-Headed hatchet Heart Family. Hatchet-Headed Heart Family. The three H's of, of the three H family. <laughs> I'm ringing the bell. <clears throat> They're so, being harder on the Heart Family than Jerry Lawler ever has been. This <laughs> this will be a ghost of Stu Hart's gonna visit you. Welcome back, everyone, to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, Kyle, and Archie here with you. And Archie, before we go on, we, we yes, it was quicker than normal. <laughs> um, before we go on, we're going to talk about Kevin Smith films here in just a second. But first, let's talk about World Championship Customs. Do we have to? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, World Championship Customs is a group that myself, Nick Laurel, Rocky Turner, uh, Bobby uh, Bobby Anders, and Josh Blevins started about six and a half, seven weeks ago. Uh, We are just under 700 members, so we're averaging 100 members a week. And it's pretty much anything custom. Uh, We've had people show off Marvel Customs, Batman, Star Wars, uh, horror figures. Mm-hmm. A couple of guys are starting to do sets, like, you know, entrance uh, entrance ramps and things of that nature. Um, the beginning of uh, Customania started to get today. The finals of it were down to two customizers. It's a Macho Man Randy Savage WrestleMania 8 attire figure and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat WrestleMania 3. So it's how Savage perfect. and Steamboat, right? Yeah, Savage how perfect is that? Going and I- and I know I've said it a bunch, but this is my favorite thing you ever did, Archie. I wish I would have kept it, because I'll never find that head again. <laughs> it's one of my favorite I ever made. It's fantastic, although, buddy. Although I made a flare today that kind of rocks. Oh, I know that. That Hades flare. Oh, it looks fantastic, man. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to come out. I told you that. I, uh, I had a plan to use a, um, a Chris Jericho retro torso. With Hacksaw Jim Duggan legs. So I heated it up with my heat gun, and I'm like, I'm having my son break the torso off the leg. So he's trying, because my hands, I'm an old man, I don't, can't work with my <laughs> hands that well. So he almost gets it done, and the next thing I know, I look, and the neck and the head are bent now off the torso, and he looks like a giraffe. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we gotta scrap that idea. <laughs> My son's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you sorry about? It's a five dollar figure. I'll fix it and you'll move on. It's not that big of a deal. So oh, well, you I, put up that that fucking Ric Flair looks. That I'm, that's what I'm saying. To move great. to move from what I was doing to what I actually did, and then I saw the way it looked, and I'm like, wow, this looks like the Galoo Brick Flair because of the way that he's standing. So, I mean, yeah, I'm 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 happy with all of them. Fantastic work and. A fantastic group on Facebook. Also, I mean, we would be remiss if we did not say join the asylum. And yes. folks, the um, not only the asylum, but the virtual asylum. Um, yes. In this age of COVID-19, we don't get to go to wrestling conventions like we used to and meet stars and get autographs. And if you join 
the Asylum, the Virtual Asylum, the Nerd Closet, World Championship Customs, and, of course, the We Can't Wrestle uh, Facebook group, you can get the opportunity to meet, get autographs from – we just did one with with, with Buff Buff Bagwell. Bagwell. And on the 30th, we have Paxo Y'all remember when um, (coughs) they did the shit with NXT and it was, like, Daniel Bryan and fucking Stu Barrett and all that shit? And, like – Daniel Bryan was like choking fucking Justin Roberts with his tie and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, oh, the NXT's here. And they like broke down the ring. You guys remember yeah. that? Yeah. What would be cool as fuck is in like a couple months, they should like let Raw play out. And then all the people they released hire them back and then oh, just have let them, them revolt. Yeah, and then just be like, oh, my God, what's going on? And all these people, like, led by Rusev are like, oh, we're taking over. And they're like, what are you? And they have all those people out there, and they're like, we're the COVID-19. <laughs> have 19 of them? Yeah! The only part I don't agree with is then we'd have to see Zack Ryder on TV again. And I would not <laughs> like that one bit, but... I also, real quick, want to say with the whole World Championship Customs and everything else. Sorry, the COVID nineteen gimmick is cool as shit. It is. You guys, if you if you're Suck wanting, my ass to get in, you don't like it. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. All right. If you're wanting to get into customs, if you don't know how to get into it, they are very helpful. Oh, without a doubt. On, on the on the page, they'll tell you yes. what paints you need, how to do it, everything. Especially here at the uh, We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. The Asylum Facebook group, we're all friendly. Bunch oh, without a doubt. We, we welcome everybody. And I had a guy message me privately. He's like, look, if you don't want to tell me, I understand it's secrets. I'm like, what secrets? Go to Walmart, buy this paint, get a heat yeah. gun, or use oh, uh, hot water. And, and You guys and, you are know. very cool. Like, I made that. Um, Your ring was right? phenomenal. I don't care what you say. And people told you it was phenomenal. and you felt. I like know they crap. did, but I, I thought my ring sucked. But you guys said my NWA ring and looked good. That is the uh, thing. And as I appreciate as, it. As far as wrestling podcasts go, as far as wrestling groups go, and Archie and I have a lot of of um, experience with the the politics and the bullshit yep. that goes into these groups and these podcasts. Yep. And and I want to say just real quick before I go on on this. As far as fellow wrestling podcasters and the guys, and and I'll be honest with you guys, I communicate with a lot of fellow wrestling podcast producers and et cetera. The only guys in wrestling podcasting that I will vouch for are Barry Rose and Jeff Bowdrin from Breaking Kayfabe. And of course, I mean the Asylum, obviously, because I'm part of that. But something that I'm not involved with, Barry and, and Jeff are amazing. Other than that, whatever. As far as groups, <laughs> the only two, the only two that I will personally put my stamp on are, other than my own, obviously, are WCC and Asylum. And the reason I say that is because in our groups, in World Championship Cust uh, and the Nerd Closet too. I'm sorry, yes, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to leave Nerd Closet out. Rocky, no, of course. But Nerd Closet, Asylum, we can't wrestle, and we and World Championship Customs. We were, we're working together. We're right. not 
nobody he, nobody is here to fuck each other over. Nope. Nobody is here to 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 have a pissing contest. We're not bosses. We don't have we don't have a higher up. We're all the same. It's everybody yes. working together to build this community. Abs- absolutely, the way it's supposed to be. You know, there's no the, egos. There's no nope. There's no uh, elitist. You know, we'll make a joke here and there. We'll we'll we'll, we'll crack a joke and go, okay, okay, boss man. When someone tells us we got something, we got to do. But well, and but that's we know that, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Well, know? and that is friends. That is that's yeah. just friends busting each right. other's balls, right? You know, and but that's what I'll we be, do. I'll be honest with you, and uh, Nate brought it up: politics in these groups and things like that. If this ever, for me, becomes a job again. I'm quitting and I'm done because it doesn't need to be a job. This is a hobby, and yes. I'm meant to have this as an escape from everyday life. And if and it right is a job, that, well, and I'll be honest, if it is a job, and it is, it, it does wind up being profitable for all of us. Oh yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, Archie, Archie, Aaron, Kyle, Rocky, David Gold, John Majewski, Nick Francis, these, Nick Francis. These are the guys I want to be doing this with. Right. And for anybody that's a member in any of these groups, know this. We are all, full disclosure, we're all sincere. Right. Um, there's no bullshit. There's no this bullshit. The, see, this is what I always say and why I like doing the Facebook Lives and doing the podcast with you guys. This is really us. None mm-hmm. of us are acting. None of us. Mm-hmm. Nate drinks beer. He doesn't just do that because he's on live to make himself look cool. A this lot. Is really. This is really Aaron's attitude when he wants to say something. This is my feeling. This is Kyle's feeling. We're not doing this to amp it up just because we want followers. We're not doing it because and we also, feel, you know. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, go what ahead. What I would say also is, um, like, I don't, I don't want to downplay anything that anybody, how anybody feels about it or whatever at the end of the day it's really just a bunch of guys trying to have fun and communicate with each other and just bullshit with each other right you know what i mean and if you want to get like super butthurt about something Fuck off! You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like. No, you're a hundred dismissive right. of it, but it's like at the end of the day, just fucking relax and Look, have a good time. Oh, and allow me to do like here. If a thirty like, like you guys, okay, like Nate. Nate knows me better than anybody else, obviously, because he's known me since the day I was born. And Kyle knows me fairly well because he's, after Nate, probably my best friend. And Archie, you've known I've me for a minute. You, right. Yeah. I've gotten to know you, but I mean, I, we, we all respect each other. We all yeah. know each other, you know? Don't take the shit so goddamn serious. Right. Just fucking have fun. Relax. And my point, it, if, a, it, if, a, if, a, if a $30 figure, if somebody tells you they bought a figure... For thirty bucks, if that's going to ruin your day, then you don't need to be on a wrestling group or in a podcast group or anything like that. You know, it's like fucking jerk off in the bathroom, man. (laughs) (laughs) Christ, honestly and wholeheartedly, these are our opinions. 
I, I may hate a wrestler that you absolutely love. Right. I make fun of, I may, I despise Orange Cassidy. You might like Orange Cassidy. That's fine. I'm okay with Orange Cassidy. I like pro wrestling. not bad. It's subjective. We can all have different opinions. Right. Just because yeah. we don't like certain people or we don't feel a certain way doesn't mean that you're wrong or we're right. Or right. right. You know. This guy, oh, I'm sorry, I pointed wrong. This guy over here, he don't like Ronnie Garvin. I like Ronnie Garvin. Who doesn't like Ronnie Garvin? Me. You don't like That's another episode, Nate. <laughs> That's Nate, another episode. Like I'm Ronnie not even Garvin. Yes, because, because yes. we want to talk about a guy we all like. Mm-hmm. And that is Kevin Smith. Look at Nate hey. trying to be all professional and shit. Transition, <laughs> motherfucker. Transition. Your favorite, your favorite Kevin Smith movie of all time. Okay, hold on. Now Archie and I were actually talking about this earlier last night. Last night, yeah. <clears throat> My favorite Kevin Smith movie, because and and this this is what we're going to get into. It holds a special place in my heart, and it is it is, is it one Jersey of the best. Girl? Huh? Is it Jersey Girl? It's not, but I love that movie. I thought you were going to say it because, you know, you got a little girl. Yeah, who's now 21 and still my little girl. Yeah. But, no, my favorite Kevin Smith movie is, is Clerks, and it combines with a couple of things, and I'll, I'll go into the story real quick. Firstly, uh, anybody that knows for for my shoot job since I was 16 years old is retail. There is no better movie or no funnier movie to a person in retail than Clerks. Not even supposed to be here. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Julie's. <laughs> Julie's gone, man. <laughs> the fucking cat. God, that cat gimmick is great. Oh, what do we call the cat? What do you call the cat? Annoying customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the cat's like shitting. Yeah. And the fucking goddamn dude just like looking at it like when the guy's <laughs> reading when the guy's reading the National Enquirer and he spits on him, it's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I would have done it too. <laughs> <laughs> the Julie's gum represents Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a pack of Julie's gum. Wait, you're a Julie's gum representative? <laughs> After all that, and for those yeah. that aren't for those that yeah, aren't in retail, Aaron, Aaron will totally vouch to this. For those that aren't in retail and don't understand, we really do hate our fucking vendors that much. <laughs> <laughs> fucking assholes. But Clerks is my favorite Kevin Smith movie because of that and. That movie was completely undercover when it released. Right. A friend of mine, I lived in Toledo, Ohio. I was raised in Toledo, Ohio. Detroit, Michigan is, eh, what would you say, Aaron, about two hours, 210? 27 miles. Okay. A friend of mine, and I heard about this movie. I could get the... Google this map was, if I needed this to. was this was ninety four. I was just sixteen. I had my driver's license. We heard about this movie. 
We thought it was great. We thought it would be cool. But it wasn't playing anywhere in Toledo because at this point, Kevin Smith was still very underground. We drove from Toledo, Ohio to Detroit, Michigan. We went to the Palace, not the Palace of Auburn Hills, uh, the State Theater in Detroit and watched Clerks. We drove two hours to watch this movie and it was worth every bit of the two hours we drove to watch it. So it holds a special place in my heart. Now... And I will contest early. I will contest later if anybody has a a debate. Clerks is my personal favorite, but I think Kevin Smith's best film is Chasing Amy. I'll Chasing Amy is a great movie, but I'll 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 dis, I'll disagree with that on best film. Okay. Hands down, to me, my personal favorite movie, Kevin Smith, is Dogma. I love Dogma, that's too. A, that's like, the best film. That's I don't, best film. I don't think any of us are going to disagree on any the fact that any of these no. movies are great. Right. Yeah, me and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, movie, or whatever you want to say, Clerks is great. But as a film... Like a cinematic, like you're gonna sit down and you're gonna watch a fucking movie. It's Dogma. That's his from, best fucking film. From the opening line of where he's talking about the fact that God has to have a sense of humor because look at the platypus. <laughs> right. And he's like, I'm sorry for all the platypus fans out there. You know Jesus? <laughs> or when they're like, Dude. oh, people just don't fall out of the sky. Yeah. And then Kid Rock or Kid Rock, Chris Rock's just like, and then Jay's like, big titty blonde women just right. fall out of the sky. No, <laughs> you know Jesus, you know Jesus Christ. Of course I do, brother. It was me fourteen bucks. <laughs> the fact that they took everything that people think they know about religion, it's the rule of the road, flipped it upside down <laughs> because of the simple fact that, like I said, it's. Not only you have you have God who's a female, right? You have uh, you have angels who are trying to get back into heaven. I mean, it's just it, to me, like I said, they don't they don't make fun of 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 Christianity. They don't make fun of religion. They give you a no, different way to think of it. Right? They don't make fun of it, but they do know what they know. Except Kevin Smith knew exactly what he was doing. Oh yeah, he, he went to the edge now, and then let you hang there. Now, on the scale of his underground movies, I think the other favorite I have is Red State. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've ever seen Red State, Nate, yeah. Or, uh, oh yeah. Watching a Kevin Smith uh, comedy because he, you know, he does these stand-ups where he tells stories. It's not oh, yeah. really comedy, but they're funny as hell. And he talked about Red State, about directing it, and. I'm listening to this at like 4 a.m. while he's while he's talking about this, and then he mentions the ending scene where there's like this giant horn, mm-hmm. and you think it's the rapture in the movie. And I'm like, shit, I gotta find this movie. And I swear to God, the, the comedy show ended at 4:30, and I began checking Netflix for Red State and found it and watched <laughs> it at 4:30 in the morning. And it was John. Like, his wow. best. His John best, Goodman like, is amazing in that. John Goodman is fantastic in that movie. And the guy who plays the priest, I never wanted to kill somebody so bad in my life yep. <laughs> as much as I wanted to kill that man. 
if we're not going to talk about his movies and talk about his, um, like, um, stand up, stand up, or fucking, um, like live performances, my favorite thing is Kevin Smith talking about his interaction with Prince. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, him talking about his interaction with Prince is fantastic, and I didn't want to jump the gun or whatever, but but honestly, my favorite um, Kevin Smith movie, and, and Clerks is amazing, Dogma's amazing. They're all amazing. Um, they're all fucking amazing. And, and, and like with Clerks, like when I watch Clerks, I watch Clerks with friends that were my same age and right. all this shit and me and like these two dudes and these three girls were watching this fucking movie and we're like, this is fantastic and we should not be watching this fucking movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like when you watched a Kevin Smith movie at the age that I was, which I would have been like 13, you're watching this and you're like, I shouldn't be fucking watching this. Like, where are my parents? Like, you guys should not be allowing me to watch this. It was fantastic. And then 13-year-old you is going... Here comes Randall. He's, He's a, a buzzer. Right. <laughs> and, and the older I've gotten, like I watch these movies, okay, and I um, identify with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say this right now. I feel like I'm like a Randall. Okay? Where if somebody would bitch at me right now, I'd be like, you fucking rented the movie, asshole. Get the fuck out, you know? Right. Archie just just told me earlier, tonight, in a chat, that Aaron is Randall and I am Dante. That's the way I feel. The attitude, the way I see the attitude. Because I, I said it in a, in a group chat earlier tonight. Nate was there. I said, you know, I wanted to take the day off from Facebook and the Facebook groups today. But I'm Dante right now. I'm not even supposed to be here. Because <laughs> a bunch of bullshit went on and I had to be involved and everybody pulled me in. And David Colton is acting, you're acting like you have to go into work. And I'm like, well, some days it is work. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's Absolutely. Like, you know, and... But yeah, no, I'm just it's... like seriously. I so Archie, you said I'm a fucking Randall. Yeah, it's a carefree okay, attitude. I... Just tell somebody to go fuck themselves. Okay. <laughs> and, and I can guarantee that if the fucking house burned down tomorrow, Aaron would be like coming in socks. No, yeah. like like if, if the house burned down tomorrow, <laughs> Nate would look at me and go, "What happened?" And I'd be like. Terrorists, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like Clerks too, and, and I don't, I don't want to jump the gun, but Clerks too, Clerks too is 
funny as fuck. It is, but and, it has and its moments. That is a it's fantastic not, fucking movie. But hold on, though. See, Clerks, the original Clerks, the whole movie was great. Everything they did, everything they said. Clerks 2 had its moments, but I felt like, I'm, and I'm going to sound stupid, but it insisted upon itself. Like, they just felt they had to do a part two. They made it funny, but it wasn't like the first one. It, it you know... Clerks Actually, 2 has... That, that's what I'm saying. Like, when Clerks 2 opens, okay, and you watch the movie, mm-hmm. the quick stop burns down. Right. And that is why it's fantastic, because Dante shows up, and he knows that Randall left the goddamn coffee pot on. Right. But he looks at Randall, and Randall goes... Harris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, it, the fuck up. I want fantastic. To, I want to. I want to get. I want to get to the meat of the matter here. So here's my thing about Clerks One and Clerks Two. To I, me, I, 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 no, I'm going to let you finish, Aaron. But okay, well, I was just going to say my favorite Kevin Smith movie is Mall Rats. Mall Rats is amazing. I'll it's make fantastic. Mine, I'll make mine that short and speaks, sweet. That is my speaks favorite to movie. my age group. Yes. That speaks to the 38, 37-year-old Aaron. Mallrats is fucking fantastic. See, the thing I love about Kevin Smith movies, and Mallrats is my favorite, too. It's between Mallrats and Dogma for one and two. Clerks is just in my heart. I will always love Clerks. But, but okay, I love so, about Kevin Smith movies is if you look at every movie... It's always the same people. Like the guy that was in Clerks that does the egg thing and is checking the eggs and everything mm-hmm. is the same guy who now hosts his podcast on the TMC. Definite consistency. It's, in the- it's, it's always his buddies in these movies, and that's the great speaking thing about of, Kevin speaking Smith. Speaking of mall rats real quick, you guys are talking about who everybody is. I'm just the son of a bitch still trying to find that fucking sailboat. Right? <laughs> right? That is my that is me in the nutshell. I'm just trying to see that fucking sailboat. It's a scooter. There so, are scooter is a sailboat. So hold there. on. For for clarification. For clarification, I said my favorite is Clerks, but I think the best film is Molly. Or is um, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Right. Aaron said Best film is Dogma. 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 Favorite is Mallrats. Okay, Archie. Favorite is Mallrats. Kind of talked up with Dogma. Dogma. Best film, I think, is Clerks, in my opinion, because it it just had such a grainy, independent feel to it, mm-hmm. and it's still ten. I mean, let me let me. However many people watched it, listen to this podcast. If you find Clerks on at four in the morning, you're not going to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it stands yeah. the test of time. I don't care who you are and where you live. You're watching Clerks. See, I no, got no. no. Hold See, on, I Aaron. can say this about I can say this about Clerks, and it's going to be dirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't shake your head, Nate. But as a dude, I got my like first like <laughs> during Clerks. Was it because of the girlfriend or the other girl that he was talking? I forgot the name, but was it because of the girl he was trying to get or the girlfriend? No, well, no, I just got my first. Like, oh, Aaron got his first blowjob. Clerks. Mm. Why Clerks was on? It was in a camper. I was like, yeah, didn't you say you were thirteen? Huh? Didn't you say you were thirteen during Clerks? 
Yeah, I got my first. Rock on. Nice. <laughs> All Kevin right. Smith be proud. Yep. Definitely. I'm handsome as fuck, man. Now, Kyle. Yes. Okay, what's your favorite, but what's Dogma. the best film? Dogma, and to me, the best film is Red State. Okay. <clears throat> now, that so being said, what said I, cop out. Before, <laughs> before I got on to my, my uh, pedestal here, I wanted to, to get everybody's take. I think that Clerks and Clerks 2 are the perfect evolution of Kevin because right. Clerks Clerks is gritty like you said Archie it is right. grainy it is it is indie Clerks 2 is his I guess take on a good Hollywood comedy right. romance however there are so many endearing moments in that movie like the fucking scene is not one of the best scenes ever in movies. A Kevin Smith scene featuring ABC. You know, one of the coolest directors ever featuring one of the coolest. We don't want to admit it's cool, but the coolest songs ever. Now, do you know what the funniest Kevin Smith movie is? Go ahead. Jay and Bob Strike Back is the yes. funniest Kevin yes. Smith movie. Man, yes. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> George Lucas going to sue somebody. George Lucas is going to sue somebody's ass. Jay and guys, Bob Strike Back seen... is the funniest goddamn Kevin Smith movie ever fucking made. It's not his the, best uh, movie. But the reboot? The funniest fucking movie. The ever. reboot was very good. The only thing that blew my mind was is I did not know that that was Kevin Smith's daughter playing Silent oh, yeah. uh, Jay's daughter until the <laughs> ending of the movie. And when I found out that was Harley, I went, Jesus Christ, this dude is just as old as I am because his daughter's old. <laughs> but to speak to something you were saying, Nate, earlier about chasing Amy, the, the, best, the best moments for Kevin Smith being Silent Bob is the fact that every once in a while he'll... I got a hot off. thing about girls that say a booch and when he talks it means something that mm-hmm. monologue at the end of chasing amy yep is fantastic this to me and i love i'm not gonna lie guys i love jersey girl jersey girl is an amazingly beautiful endearing jersey girl's a fantastic movie. it is it is an amazingly beautiful like, endearing if you don't like that movie you don't like fucking movies right. fucking ben affleck does a good job in there carlin carlin does a fantastic job oh when he's i mean it's but i just to me chasing amy even j-lo does a good job in that fucking movie that's a good goddamn movie it is chasing Amy though is it explores so many things. It explores Amy's racism. A great movie too. It, it explores racism. Not to get off, not to get off topic, but J Lo in the movie Hustler, uh, Hustlers is fantastic. She's I've never seen that hell. movie. I've it's never wor- seen that movie. Well, she looks for a fifty-year-old woman. She looks hot as hell. <laughs> Jenny on the block. <laughs> What's a movie? Or you know, Shut the if, fuck you, up. If, 
if you talk to our parents, you know, their their coming of age thing was like catcher in the rye. Right. Yeah. Ours ours is, you know, the Kevin Smith movies. Well right. and and again, talking about that, and that's what I'm saying, like with, Man, with that fucking scene in goddamn chasing Amy, okay? Where they're at the Comic Con or whatever and fucking dude's talking about fucking Darth Vader and then his mask comes off and he's a crusty old white man and the fucking Nubian thing that's, that's some of the best goddamn writing ever it is that whole movie is some of the best what's a Nubian? Ever. shut the and fuck up the, the, and that's what I was saying the, the thing about that movie and the reason I say it is Kevin's best work as a filmmaker is that of all his films, that movie exposes prejudice and shits on prejudice in amazing ways. Comedic ways, but amazing ways, because it literally, every time there is a prejudice in that movie, there is a an intelligent counteraction for that prejudice in that movie. Absolutely. And Kevin Smith has one of the funniest, greatest stories ever. And Joey Lord and Adam is fucking hot. Strike, we talked about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I agree with you. And I know that we're getting towards the end. Archie knows. So I want to I want to share the story because I'm sure all of us, all of you guys will find it funny because we're all Star Wars fans. Kevin Smith's talking about when he had Carrie Fisher and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, mm-hmm. and he walks up to her and he's like, you know. He's like, when I went and saw Return of the Jedi, she's like, let me stop you right there. I'm glad that I could help you like so many other people to find your lightsaber. <laughs> That's horrible. Thank you for our princess. <laughs> yes. The the thing about it is, I, I think I said this to Nate about a week ago. I might It might have been David Gold. I'm not exactly sure. I talked about you a lot. The mark of a good movie is when you can quote five or six lines from, from that movie. And yes. with Kevin Smith movies, it's not five or six lines. It's like 10 or 12. The whole the, movie. The, the whole movie. <laughs> no, yeah. Like My- Aaron saying earlier, he, he's at these he's at Prime Toys. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's, ta- he's halfway to Find Me Toys right you now. Know, uh, uh, it's uh, fun uh, great. Uh, uh, why are you arguing with me about where the cookie uh, cookie shop is? Well, because it's not in the food court. It's like, why would you have this argument at nine thirty in the morning with somebody about where the food court stops? <laughs> you know, I love the scene yeah. in Dogma when when they finally meet Ben Affleck and uh, on the train, right on the train, and yeah. <laughs> they're sitting there smoking the pot, and uh, uh, he's like, you know. It was like, oh, that is so much like somebody who's never smoked, you know. Yeah, and and when they kill all of them, like on fucking dogma, um, when they murder all the people on the train, it was just like, my and my and like they're singing the fucking Martin theme, right? Like, no, like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like, fucking hell? fantastic. Like, <laughs> nobody else would ever even think why about did, that. So why did you move to New Jersey? Well, because John Hughes made a movie about so, so, so yeah. a city in New Jersey. And guess what city doesn't exist? 
<laughs> See, Nate just put his headphones back on. Nate, <laughs> what I just told them is one of my favorite fucking things ever in a Kevin Smith movie is on Dogma when they murder all the people on the fucking train and when they're walking off they're just like my aunt my aunt and they're just singing the Martin theme it's fucking funny and it, it's super fucking dark but it's so goddamn funny there are parts of Dogma that you watch and you go like why am I watching this because it gets really dark and really satanic and then all of a sudden but it's and fucking then, and, then all, and, like, and then all okay. of a sudden you have tears in your eyes right right you know, um, and, the, and then Alanis Morissette is God, and it's like, what? I'm going to finish it up with uh, this thought, um, and I think this is going to be a consensus of, of the four people on this show, maybe a lot of our listeners, I don't know, and, and then they may disagree, and we will get into the other guy on another show, definitely. I want to address it, but I think that, you know, there are, what, since film... Since film debuted, since anybody ever started making movies, there are probably three to four generations of movie makers. In our generation, and you guys can tell me if you disagree, but I think the two best movies... And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say Lucas because I, I am obviously partial to Star Wars because I'm a geek and I'm a Star Wars geek. Well, can I? So you say that like that's a bad thing, Nate. But, no, what, what, what can I'm I saying say, is, can I say my four? And see well, hold on, just hold on, just a second. Let me finish. I'm throwing George out because of George the fact Lucas. Steel? No, Lucas, George Lucas. He's out. Fuck him. He made shitty movies. However, what I am going to say is, like, um, I being a heel. George Lucas made good movies, guys. Um, Tarantino and Smith. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree with that. And we're going to do Tarantino on another episode. Don't worry. Oh, but thank you. Can I say my do. four guys? Mm-hmm. My four movie makers. Yes, sir. Is that okay? I hope Tarantino and Smith are both in there. Can I say my four? You yes, can go ahead. ahead. Okay. My four. One. Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Two. Quentin Tarantino. All right. Three. Martin Scorsese. Good. I agree with that. And then four, Vince McMahon. <laughs> we make movies, pal. <laughs> he's going to puke. <laughs> he's going to. He's going to puke. <clears throat> and if I didn't have to say Vince McMahon, I'd say like. Chris Columbus. Spielberg. Good choice. The thing, the thing about Kevin Smith movies and everything else was for the for us, we're all nerds, we're all comic book fans, and to have these movies have that culture in them mm-hmm. was something for us that was like, wow, this is this is us, this is for us. It, we know we're not alone, right? Exactly. 
So, but um, I'm sure we're I'm sure we're getting ready to wrap up here. You're you're right. <laughs> um, so, real quick, I said it before on the YouTube. We, uh, we've been on the spread, YouTube on the YouTube's. But uh, again, you're talking like a fucking old lady or a Russian person. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyways, I want to send out a sincere thank you to anybody who's ever served with Memorial Day coming up. Please don't forget why we have Memorial Day. For those who gave everything, so that way we can watch Kevin Smith movies, we can watch pro wrestling, we can get on this podcast. And, and you can, yeah, I was going to say, and you can watch our ugly faces. Yeah. I'd love because people have just, given everything and sacrificed everything. So that way we could have freedom. So thank you to all of you. Anybody yes. serving now, anybody that has family members who have passed or served. Thank you. From all of us, thank we you. We appreciate it. <laughs> Aaron, say your goodbye. And thank you to all of you that have joined us on this. I experimental. Would love, I would love to thank everybody who has served me eggs <laughs> and bacon and scrambled eggs and fucking and scrambled bacon. I have. Scrambled bacon and sausage. Anybody, 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 anybody that has brought me breakfast, meats, and foods. I appreciate it. Aaron, you know who you are. You're a goddamn godsend. You know who you are. I appreciate it. Without a shadow of a doubt, you are. I know who I am. I am me. You are Ron Swanson. I am me that is he. Huh? You are Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. Oh, God. To a T. Archie has 1%. Archie, say goodbye. Thank you all for joining us. Sign up for the YouTube. Sign up for the Facebook. Join all the groups if you want to be involved in the Hacksaw Jim Duggan virtual show on the 30th. Do it. Thank you for your support. I will be a part of the Hacksaw virtual. You're cute. You're cute. And Hacksaw Hacksaw (laughs) and R. Well, thank you, Quick. Hacksaw and I will definitely be talking about the tuxedo matches with Ted DiBiase in Mid-South. Archie's an amazing cutie baby. And I'm he's an amazing man with little and, stuff on the hair. You're like a cutie baby. <laughs> and he's an amazing human being. And thank you, oh, Archie, and, for being uh, here. Archie, I love you, buddy. I love you too. I love all of you guys. I'm happy Nate, to be here. I love you too. I love you, man. Kyle, you're yeah. okay. I'll let you see You ball busted fuck. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will see you all next time. Suck my ass. <laughs> I'm leaving it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Suck, my Suck my ass, bitches. 